and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. My name is Brandon, and today we will be discussing vices. We'll look at whether or not everyone has vices, their impact on our personal health, and how to confront situations when the people closest to us are struggling with those vices. And I'll just get this out of the way right away, folks. Uh, This is the second time in a row Stephen will not be with us, unfortunately, just been too (laughs) big. Uh, where's he at man is he ever coming back again who is that i don't know man i'm just kidding man it's steven he's back baby (laughs) the man he's back the legend (laughs) this is some serious deja vu for sure dude have we ever recorded this bit before doesn't seem like it. It's got to be first time we've ever gone through this (laughs) all right we can also just i guess mention off the top that this is the second time we are recording this episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because the first time the audio got fucked up, we had to figure some things out. Then we recorded it again, the start of it, but then we wanted to make sure it worked wh- correctly. And, uh, yeah, here we are <laughs> after Dude, all just, this time. Just definitely not good news bears. Not good news bears. I, I would argue maybe it's bad news bears, to be honest. I'm bad news bears all the way, dude. All, all the <laughs> but we're here now. That's what we are here. And, and you know what? I'm going to speak for our entire audience. We're, we're happy to have you back, Steven. We, we missed you. I, I appreciate it. And I will say one thing right off the, the top here is it's really nice to have someone who I can depend on to do the podcast. I didn't have to worry about it. And then it was really exciting that I got to listen to it as a fan of the show because I've been on every episode up to that point, And it's never a surprise when I go back and listen to it. So this was the one time I was like, whoa, all right. This is what the show's all about. I didn't know what was going to be talked about on the show. I, I got some uh, butterflies when Brandon mentioned my name. I was like, oh, my God, I'm on the show. People are talking about me. <laughs> it is a nice little uh, magnifying glass on how we kind of – because you got to see how you would operate the show if it was just you through your episode that you were alone on and then you know, vice versa with me doing my episode. So it's, it's kind of cool, but I definitely – I love doing it with you. <laughs> way more because number one when it's this like conversational thing that we do it feels way less pretentious i guess (laughs) when i'm just sitting there talking on my own thoughts and opinions without like a back and forth i'm thinking who the fuck cares (laughs) what i have to say i felt the exact same way when it was just me i was like this feels this feels surreal there's a couple times in the middle of recording it where i just like within myself i was like whoa like, I'm alone <laughs> yeah. in this. I'm alone. Like, no one could bail me out. If I'm not making any sense, you can't. Because sometimes when I feel like I start making no sense, you're like, oh, what Steven really means here is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could kind of reel each other back. There was a point in my episode where I was like, so I got this article sent to me last week. Because, like, and I started explaining something that had to do with the article, but I didn't exactly address what the article was. <laughs> and listening back to it, I was like, this would have been a perfect moment for Steven to be like, wait, so what was the article about? <laughs> no, it's it's true. It's It's nice to have someone who you can like bounce things off of and it helps with the energy level. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we did a great idea or we did a great job with our episodes in, in our own ways. And it was really, yeah, it was like really cool just to see what the Brandon flipping everything must go show would sound like. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get into our episode today. Uh, we've, our audience has been waiting patiently for it cause we teased Thanks, it like a month <laughs> ago. <laughs> But uh, this episode is on vices, and I'll just start off by asking you, do you think everyone has a vice or maybe even multiple vices? 
Yeah, I definitely do. I think that people might call vice as different things, but at the end of the day, there's always something that people will, will resort to when we feel uncomfortable because when we feel uncomfortable, it's just sort of a natural instinct to try to find something to make that uncomfortability go away, whether it's we hide in our phone or we, we just eat something that makes us feel great. That's a normal human behavior. So I do think that we have different, different ways of expressing that. And unfortunately, when I think of vice, I look at more of the, the negative aspect of this, like drinking and drugs to, to mask our, our pain, essentially. And if you don't have a, a vice of some sort, I just, I, don't think that, I just don't think that that could exist. I think everyone has a defense mechanism of some kind. What, what about you? Well, I wanted to ask, so how, how do you think that the, it develops? Do you think it's always from this place of pain or anguish and then we we kind of scrounge around for something to mask it in? Or do you think it comes, maybe we do something one time without it ever occurring to us that maybe this could end up becoming our vice and then it, it ends up becoming our vice? So this is actually pretty interesting to me. One of the things that I think about is, it's really hard for us to trace, like, what is the meaning of life? But I can tell you that it feels really good to feel happy. Like, it's it's clearly, if there's a meaning of life, it must have something to do with happiness because that's the, the overwhelming feeling that feels the best out of all of them. And there are instances where I feel like, in, I feel like throughout our lives, it's sort of something's thrown our way and then we react to it and then we try to make ourselves happy again. It's like, oh, bad stretch. How do I feel happy? Then you kind of find those things that made you happy last time and you kind of gravitate towards those. Whether it's, yeah. oh, I went to the gym, I ate healthy, I hung out with these people, I did this drug, I drank this. We kind of reach for those things when times get tough. So I think that ultimately, it's not the first time you do your vice, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was in a bad intention. But I think that vices themselves develop once you establish those good feelings. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking too is, you know, maybe I'm a kid. I love the taste of ice cream. So I, 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 that's like my favorite dessert. It makes me feel good when I have it. It's, it's this delight that I have. And then later on down the road, I start dealing with stressful stuff and I'm like, God, I just feel so shitty. What can I have that makes me feel good? Or what can I do that makes me feel good? Well, every time I have ice cream, I feel so good. So now I'm going to cling to that to to kind of, like you said, mask this this feeling of anguish or turmoil and just get that instant high, that instant gratification of, oh, this makes me feel good in the moment. The, the tough thing about vices is usually when you get out of that instant high that these things give you, you wake up and you wake up and are right back in the turmoil. So it's, yeah. and that's, that's the real tough thing with what kind of vice you have, because if it's a super detrimental vice to your body and your, your just personal physical health, going in an excess amount on these vices can honestly lead to killing you because you just constantly want that high to be what, the state that you're at mentally and emotionally, but you can't always, you can't sustain that because you're not actually confronting the thing causing the issue itself. 
And from that, you can definitely see why people get stuck becoming drug addicts or get uh, dependent on things like alcohol because it sucks when you come back down from any high. And it doesn't matter what it is. And that's, I think a lot of times people just look at it as drugs. When people think of vices, I feel like the first thing that most people think about are drugs and alcohol. It's just Mm -hmm. the easy kind of like like the glamorous uh, way of looking at it. Um, But really your vice it can be anything. Who hasn't been super hungry before and ordered a, a large pizza and ate it? And in the moment, you're like, oh, man, this pizza is incredible. Like, you're just like, I, I deserve this pizza right now. And then you finish it and you just feel absolutely like dog shit. And you're just laying there and you're like, oh, why did I do this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty much my vice is I when I get into these places of uncomfortability, a lot of times unhealthy food has this release that you have when you just, especially for me, I think sometimes I, I develop this habit of binge eating and it's kind of a combination of things. It's not only a, a habit that makes me feel good when I do it, like in the moment, not after when I, when I'm done with it, I feel like shit, but in the moment, the binge eating, I like have this release, but also the stuff that goes into that food that I'm eating actually chemically has components to it. Like you know, you watch the the documentary Supersize Me, and they talk. He talked about how when he wasn't eating McDonald's, he was feeling super depressed. And then as soon as he would have the McDonald's, all of a sudden his mood would flip a one eighty. And it's it's these chemicals that are being put in a lot of the food that you you get addicted to, and they now not only could they be your vice, but they could also actually be chemically something that you rely on for that positive feeling, that euphoria that you're craving. Yeah, like for me, I've definitely gotten myself addicted to caffeine between pre-workouts and coffee and all that stuff. And there have been times where I don't like the idea of being dependent on anything, so I will go out of my way to make sure that I like stop doing this stuff at some point, which is a good thing, and that's something we can talk about a little bit later, is that not everyone realizes it's a problem. Yeah. But it really does suck when you when you get off of something, especially if you just try to quit it immediately and you don't even slowly try to get off of it. You do feel depressed afterwards, which is another reason why people don't like... Like, I can only imagine... I've never been addicted to cigarettes before, but if you just get so used to doing it all the time and you're always... Like, your routine is every 30 minutes you smoke a cigarette and then all of a sudden you just take that out. Like, I can imagine that that really does... It just changes everything. Like your body gets so dependent on it and gets so used to it that your body's like, whoa, buddy, what's going on here? We're not used to this. F- yeah. Breathing breathing clean air all the time? Where's <laughs> the tar? Bring on the tar, man. <laughs> well, and logically, you know, you understand, you know, if we're just, if we just sit and think about it, if I never started smoking or if I always ate healthy, my body feels great when I eat healthy. My body feels great when I get a lot of sleep. So logically, it's like, well, just do those things. And a lot of the stuff that you're trying to escape from with the vices won't be as big of a deal because you're doing all the right things to kind of combat it. But for whatever reason, our body is so attracted (laughs) to these kind of detrimental things. There's something in those things that really pull us to it. And I don't know. It's so crazy because honestly, I'm in psychology. So 
I, I almost beat myself up because I'm just like, I just know a lot of this shit. Why do I have any bad habits? <laughs> Honestly, like I know the psychology behind it. I understand the logic, how it was created, how you would have to get past it. So why don't I just fucking do that? But it's not that simple for whatever reason. We just, we kind of crave these, uh, you know, whether it is chemical stuff in the things we consume or, I mean, even video games can be a vice for me. I think I, it's, it's a situation where I just zone out and don't have to pay attention to anything going on in the world around me. Uh, I, I'm honestly, exactly. ke- <laughs> that's yeah. why it is a vice though. It's because yeah. it's numbing the uncomfortability that you have with your life. I am curious. I, I wonder if they, they've done a bunch of studies on how like violent video games make you more aggressive but I, I would be curious as to how video games, now that they're becoming so much more popular, I mean, they've been growing for a while now, but now that Twitch streaming has kind of, like streaming games has become this huge phenomenon, now it, it's not as nerdy to be a gamer. It's starting to be like a cool thing. Um, I, I'm wondering if they're going to do more studies on just how video games impact our mental health and what it kind of inter- how it interacts with our mind and stuff. I'd, I'd be really curious to look into that. Oh yeah, and that's gonna be scarier and scarier as time goes on, and we spend less time in the real world and then more time within this the internet or within some sort of virtual reality. Because I don't know if you ever look at the stats of how much time you spend on your phone over the course of the oh, week. Oh yes, <laughs> but I look at those numbers and I'm just like. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just like, that's scary. I'm always so happy when I'm, when it says like, you're down 12% from last week, the usage. I'm like, yes, good job. But then it's I also know. like, yeah, but I used it a shit ton that week before. That's the only reason I'm down 12%. So I'm glad that they started doing that though, because it does make you kind of aware of how much am I actually on my phone? Is it, is it a little too much for my own good? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially with us, like, promoting the show on social media and our own yeah. personal endeavors. I definitely get it. It honestly is so annoying for the listeners understanding my uh, feelings on social media. Now my kind of dependence on checking Instagram and just seeing, you know, how am I interacting with people that are enjoying my music? How's the podcast doing? And trying to strategically handle things. It, it's well, well, the podcast is almost going out of business after yeah. that last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're out of business, folks. Um, <laughs> or failed I, last episode. The yeah, episode failed. that didn't make it, which was this one. <laughs> uh, we're going to... I feel like we're mixing things up, though. We, we've gotten to some different points than we had in our original recording of this episode. So I'm pretty I, proud I agree, of this. I agree. I, th- I honestly <laughs> think that this is a better episode. We're, we're just... We did, like, it's almost like it was meant to be. Yeah. This all of this happened for a reason, folks. You and you're gonna get, pay off on the dividends of it. Um, so, do you think that having a vice, regardless of the vice, has an equal impact on our personal health, or do you think there is kind of, well, there are things that are vices that are obviously worse than other stuff. Yeah, there are definitely instances where things are worse than other things when it comes to your your health, uh, your I would say, like, for me, when things get bad, I know that there are things that I turn to that are good and things that I turn to that are bad in terms of the way that I'm handling a situation. For example, if I'm feeling kind of depressed and 
I go to the gym, I usually I feel good about that afterwards. I'm like, okay, I felt depressed and I got the endorphins. And that was a vice in a way where I tried to escape this, this feeling of feeling down or not liking myself or whatever, whatever I was feeling down about. I go to the gym and I kind of escape and I feel good. But then I also know that there's are, there are instances where I order a large pizza and I eat the whole thing and I feel good for like a little bit and then I feel terrible. And that's not good. I also think that when things get really bad is when you bring other people into it and you start dragging them down and that's like that's when it gets really dangerous for your health because I think most people feel bad when they know they're hurting others. Now, it may, they may not feel bad enough that they stop doing whatever they're doing that's hurting others. But if, you're, if you become such a strong drug addict where you're, you're economically unstable, you can't hold a job, and your family is like, you need to stop doing this because you're hurting us. Well, now you've turned to a vice that is hurting a lot of people and causing a lot of issues. And when you're trapped in that, the only way that you can escape it sometimes is to like, keep doing the vice. So then you end up in this never-ending cycle, and there's nothing that's good for your personal health in that regard. It's just a never-ending cycle. Yeah, I mean, there are some things that just get so bad. I, I don't know if you ever heard the story about Steve-O, who you know, he was addicted to cocaine and shit, and he was in such a bad like addictive space that he snorted cocaine that he knew was riddled with HIV blood. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's obviously some things that are crazy, but I don't think there. I don't think you can diminish. Not saying you. I'm just saying you can't diminish some vices just because they're not as as bad because they they still can be destructive. If I have a vice of eating shitty food. Maybe it doesn't impact me as immediately as, say, doing heroin would or something, but it's impacting my body. I'm putting on weight. It's clogging up my arteries. I could develop diabetes, which is impeding, you know, certain ability to be active. You know, just all this stuff kind of plays a role in a culmination. And so it's, I don't want to invalidate the the fact that some of these vices are, you know, like you said, the uh, when we think of vices, a lot of times drugs and alcohol are kind of glorified and and look, put on the the pedestal of those are these really bad places. But honestly, there are some things that you can do that are just awful for you in in an attempt to escape that they have different ways of affecting you, but are just as destructive. And uh, I don't know, it, it's it's sad, and it's it's definitely a a spectrum of how how they impact you but i i guess the hope is that you develop healthy coping mechanisms and healthy outlets like for you working out is a healthy outlet it you know is good for your physical health but it also gives you the endorphins you need to feel good in a moment in as opposed to eating mcdonald's which gives you a different kind of yeah. <laughs> high instantly and stuff well i think another part of it too is I think within these different vices that certain people handle them better. So what what a, a vice for for me that might really impact me. Like okay, I'll, I'll actually I'll give a, a, a an example. 
people Wait a second, who, folks. This is one of Steven's famous examples. No, 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 Here we go. Gonna, <laughs> no, no, no. I think this is actually a fair example. Like, um, people who, who smoke marijuana, like, people will make comments on, um, like, a marijuana is not addictive. And we've talked about this before, where just because something is not chemically addictive doesn't mean that it's not addictive. Because right. I personally think that anything can, you can become addicted to anything. Um, but people are going to be able to handle smoking pot differently as a vice because everyone is wired a little bit differently. Like one person, they might literally just be able to smoke pot like one time a day and their life is pretty much not impacted in mm-hmm. terms of their productivity because they just become a meat. Maybe they just do it right before they go to bed every night and it just helps them sleep. Whereas other people, they might take it too far because people get really addictive personalities where they just, they can't stop. Maybe they're smoking pot like 10 times a day and it's really impacting other parts of their life and they can't function without it. And that to me, it's, it kind of shows you that we are all wired differently and it's why we all have different vices and it's why we're affected in different ways from them because we don't all have the same willpower. We don't all have the same life circ- uh, circumstances and situations. So you can kind of see why there's a huge discrepancy and why people argue about like, that isn't as bad as what I have to deal with, which yeah. is unfortunate because I think it makes a lot of people feel bad to talk about things that really do hurt them because they feel like, well, no one's going to take my food addiction seriously. Um, and that's why I kind of say that drugs and alcohol, we kind of put this up on this pedestal where it's okay to talk about that and people really pull for you. But if you were addicted to fast food, someone would be like, well, you're just like, you're just a fat ass or you're just yeah. lazy or something. And I think that that is a very, very cruel thing that people do. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I just feel like it's ignorance because I think, again, we talked about, there is a chemical <laughs> component to a lot of the fast food that they put stuff in it to make you actually addicted to it. And it's not good for you. So there's that part of it. But then there is the, the idea that you're talking about. There's Apart from the chemical stuff that causes actual addiction within your body, there's a psychological aspect to it. If I do something, I talked earlier, if ice cream as a kid makes me feel good and I'm in a shitty mood, so then I go to ice cream to make me feel good, maybe that ice cream is organic ice cream and it's really good. I can develop an addiction to that ice cream and start having consuming it in amounts that is unhealthy for me to cope with this thing that I'm not confronting. And that's where you get that argument just gets kind of ignorance. You know, it's not, let's not really compare these different addictions or vices because like you said, you can become addicted to anything. And the, I think the, the, the goal would be to kind of work those out and, start developing more healthy coping mechanisms to replace them because you're going to have things that maybe you are addicted to or things that you just kind of rely on in tough times so how do we how do we establish habits with things that we're still addicted to them but they actually end up benefiting us from being addicted to them like working out Uh, i mean you can damage your body from working out excessively and stuff but for the most part it's going to be a good thing for you but i i guess this is going to segue into the next point of do you think it's possible to manage vices in a healthy healthy manner or should do you think you should try to abstain from them completely i think you're making a big mistake if you just try to 
abstain from vices completely because I just don't I don't think it's possible to live a life in which you do not have any like vice or escape. I, I think it's just human nature to have flaws and to have something that we turn to when we feel uncomfortable. I I don't think you could survive without it, which is kind of a weird way to, to look at it. And I guess I've never even said that out loud before, but I just think we all have something. They're just different. They're just different. And some people's are more extreme than others. I think that life is mostly about basically life throws things at us and then we react to them. And whether it's in an unhealthy way or a healthy way, I think it's important to find the best and healthiest route for you personally to cope with things. And you see a lot of times people who smoke cigarettes and then they stop and then they like, they start eating a lot or they resort to like working out a lot. Like there's always going to be something. And why does that happen? Because nothing changed in their life in regards to, there's still a bunch of uncomfortable moments. That's just going to happen. And when, when it does happen to you, what are you going to turn to? A big life-changing thing for me was when I used to get um, really anxious and uncomfortable, I would basically just, like, freeze up. And and or I would become, like, dependent on one of my friends where I would just hang out with them. And if they couldn't hang out with me when I was feeling down, I'd be like, oh, my God, like, what am I going to do? I need someone to talk to right now. And it would just I, I would just feel terrible. But then I realized that I needed to find something that, I could escape to for just me when I felt bad. So I started going to the gym by myself and I just put in my headphones. So it was kind of like I had two vices. It was like, I could work out and I could also like listen to music. It was like very therapeutic to do both of them at the same time. And within that I was starting to feel less worried when things got bad. Cause I knew I had this one thing that I could lean on that didn't rely on other people. I think as I said earlier, one of the most dangerous vices to have is one that's dependent on someone else because then you essentially are dragging yourself along and dragging them along. And those are the ones that I, I just don't think you can do it in a healthy manner. I think like relationships that you have, your vice is confiding in someone else is maybe the most dangerous way to do it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say because you, you kind of started off saying that you don't think you think it's a really bad idea to abstain. I, I I do think it's this last point that you're making. I think there is a case by case basis of it because you think of alcoholics, they go into these programs because they are not they are not able to manage it in a healthy manner. I I guess the hope would be to be able to manage it in a healthy manner, but at some point you got to say, I can't handle this vice in a healthy manner. I have to abstain from it. And that's the tough thing. You wouldn't want to get to that point, but I think there are times in life, uh, in, in certain people's circumstances, where if if I have a completely destructive path ahead of me because I, I just cannot handle alcohol, then I just cannot put myself in situations where alcohol is part of, part of the picture. And there is that, that the... I, that, that point about kind of the, the codependency stuff, I think a lot of times we can replace stuff with other things that, yeah, the the worst thing would be bringing somebody else down with you. But I think you, you can you can kind of take case studies. 
I think even Rob, you know, Rob was on our show uh, talking about he had this kind of sex addiction and this addiction to the party life. And his replacement for that was he found God. And, you know, people have different opinions on is this a, a healthy thing or is this, you know, he's just escaping it through another stuff. So that those are the tough questions that you got to ask yourself is am I – Am, am I actually handling my addictive behavior or am I just replacing one addiction with another? And I know I took a kind of convoluted route to get to that point, but I think that is part of your psychological growth is figuring out, am I actually hitting the origin of these issues here or am I just replacing one shitty thing with maybe a little less shitty thing? And how is it impacting the people around me? Is it to the detriment of the people around me? So it's, it's something to be conscious of and, and continuously trying to, um, grow with. Well, it's super important to recognize the origin of why you're doing one of your vices. For example, if you're an alcoholic and you don't recognize that it's a problem of some kind, like you're never really going to change it. And that's why it is so important that you establish that first. And I think a lot of times it helps to figure out, well, why are you doing this? Like, is there a deep rooted thing that something happened to you in your life and you use alcohol as a crutch? Like I definitely know for a fact that um, when I drink it, sometimes my anxiety, um, I can mask my anxiety a little bit within drinking. Now, sometimes it'll actually make it worse <laughs> to be honest, but um I can definitely understand how people, there's something about them that they don't like, but then they drink. For example, actually, some people are very quiet and shy around people, but then they drink and they're the life of the party. Yeah. And why does it happen? Because they have some sort of anxiety being in big groups and then they drink and it gets better. So the deep rooted thing there is that they should be actually working on themselves so they don't feel shy in these settings, figure out what, what their real 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 root of that is and then realizing that they're depending on alcohol to make them feel better in that situation because that could definitely lead to a problem after a while like that's not something that is going to be a good a good like route in your life if you always have to depend on that and unfortunately a lot of people i don't know if we just we have too much pride but we don't want to admit that we have problems we don't want to admit that we're using alcohol as a crutch and we are a hundred percent a lot of times. Well, and it's tough too. I, I had this happen a lot in high school and I, I've talked about this previously where I don't think I handled it correctly. Cause I mean, I was a high school kid. I was stupid as well, but a lot of people will ask me why I don't drink. And honestly, for a lot of people, it's, it's like you talked about it. I think it starts out because when you're younger, you're kind of just by the nature of life kind of forced into these social situations. So for a lot of people who are uncomfortable, there's a reason why they call it liquid courage. You know, it can, it kind of creates that I, all of those, uh, worries and anxieties that you might've had kind of fade away. And now you're comfortable in a social situation and that's who you want to be. But like you said, don't be a, don't be afraid of who you actually are if you struggle in those situations how can you manage that and again this is a from a a place of trying to look at this logically i know it's easier said than done but i think it's also on a responsibility for if if people could be more cautious conscious of the fact that there are 
because people give each other shit. Oh, you have social anxiety? Fuck you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Dude, definitely. <laughs> You're a pussy. All, you know, all this stuff. That's where it's just if, if we were more, I guess, educated on the fact that there are things that people struggle with rather than shaming them for the things that they like psychologically struggle with, maybe people would be more okay to just confront the stuff. But instead, it's like, well, I don't want to get get shit for this so i'll just you know what helps me with this oh well i when i drink i i don't have to deal with this as much so i guess and like you like we talked about earlier the development of these vices a lot of times doesn't come from necessarily right away this place of oh i'm in turmoil so i'll cling to something that just makes me feel good sometimes it's just like I'm just going to start doing something because it makes sense in this situation. But then once it starts making sense in that situation, you realize the impact. Alcohol makes me feel good. So now every time that I'm going through something bad, not just in social situations, but anytime there's anything stressful at all, what can I rely on? Oh, yeah, alcohol. It's awesome, you know. It's it's a sad thing to kind of how it, how it all unravels. But uh, Yeah, no, it definitely sucks. I've definitely – been hurt by people who and this is something it's like when you recognize that someone has a problem but then they don't like it's not a lot of times i don't even know if it's that they don't recognize it but they choose to not recognize that it's a problem yeah and when you want something you want more for someone than they want for themselves that's a really really tough thing well it's it's back to your point of sometimes we have this issue with kind of holding ourselves accountable as a (laughs) callback to last episode where we don't want to confront the fact that maybe this is one of my weak spots and I'm not very good in this area, but rather I just be like, no, I don't have a problem. This, this is normal. This is fine. And we, and I hate using the word normal, but you know, this is, this, this makes sense, right? You're you're like, this is acceptable basically. Exactly. And we kind of justify the, the behavior when it's really, a lot of times you'll then go time, time will pass by and you'll start to see that, oh shit, this actually is, I'm not confronting this and it is now, I'm seeing the results of the fact that I'm not confronting this issue at its origin, at its core. And now I'm, things are kind of falling apart. And that's where it's really nice to have another person to kind of help you hold help hold you accountable i mean there's been a, a bunch of times when you and i have had a conversation where like man i just don't know why the heck i'm feeling so stressed or depressed what's going on it's like <laughs> well how much sleep have you gotten this week <laughs> oh yeah we we're really good at this actually like pretty much at this point i could i could ask you like a series of questions and be like okay well I'm going to guess the reason that you're feeling this way is you've eaten Taco Bell every day this week. (laughs) You've gotten under five hours of sleep on average per night. You've done none of the things that you enjoy doing. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's it's usually pretty... I mean, I know for a fact, for me, it's really easy to break down, like, the last couple of weeks I've been going through some... uh, Just I've been feeling kind of down (laughs) in the dumps, but then I, like, started breaking it down, and I was like, okay, so I'm completely out of my routine... I'm doing stressful things. I'm like not eating as well. Like it was pretty easy to just break it down and be like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, actually, well, it makes no wonder. Sense. <laughs> it's yeah, not no like something's why. wrong with you. It's just the stuff that you've been doing hasn't been setting you up for success. Yeah. So, and not so, to mention, like this time of the year, dude, it was like negative twenty degrees here, and it was like negative thirty in Minnesota. So it doesn't well, really help. I went swimming that day. I was pretty pumped. <laughs> 
You almost did. You got forced to stay outside for like 20 minutes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so for our listeners, basically the night of the peak of the polar vortex, <laughs> the neighbor across the hall from me put something in their microwave that they should not have. I don't know what it was, but it caused the smoke to put off the fire alarms. Well, I've got Coda, who is a dog, <laughs> and... <laughs> The fire alarm was super loud. She was getting super nervous, super scared. So I was like, fuck, I've got to bring her outside. I knew that there wasn't any imminent danger, that it was just a microwave that caused the fire alarm to go off. But just for the sake of Coda's (laughs) well-being, I was like, we got to go outside. And first thing, there's a dog that lives below us that Coda does not like, and this dog does not like Coda. <laughs> so every time they see each other, they're like ready to lunge at each other. And as soon as I walk outside, who's there? That dog and that dog owner. So I've got to swerve out of the way to get away from them. And then I'm just walking around my apartment like complex for like 20 minutes. My eyes were watering, and before the tears could roll down my face, they would freeze on my eyelids and freeze them together. And the fire department came, so we had to wait for the fire department to leave. Then they finally left. I felt like my legs were bleeding when I got inside. <laughs> it, was the, it was horrible. Well, so. well, let me ask you this for people who don't know. So Brandon lived mostly in Minnesota growing up. Was this the coldest you've ever been in your entire life? I'm going to say yes, but only because I don't really remember a lot of stuff. The only thing that competes with it was my freshman year of college. I was on the football team, but I was the third string quarterback. So I sat on the sidelines. It was a blizzard. We were in Sports Illustrated with the How Bad It Snowed like our our college team and I was on the (laughs) sidelines it was snowing I was wearing like three pairs of socks and the snow was like up to my knees on the sideline because they didn't spend time really plowing out the snow that was on the sideline because they really just had to clear off the field (laughs) so I'm just sitting in that snow I thought I'm gonna lose my legs (laughs) (laughs) what if you did (laughs) oh man yeah it was that was brutal but that wasn't like like, you could handle the snow. I was out there for three hours. For this polar vortex thing, I was out for 20 minutes, and it was fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, dude, it probably wasn't as cold in that snowstorm as it was for No, this, no, no, uh, it wasn't. It just <laughs> it ended up feeling super cold at the end of it all. But, uh, but yeah, this was 20 minutes outside just walking around and feeling like my legs were about to fucking bleed out i don't know i went to the gym that day here and keep in mind it was like probably 10 degrees warmer here than it was in minnesota and during that walk i was just like oh my god like (laughs) humans are not supposed to be in this weather and there are places in the world that like get colder than that i can't even imagine like humans there's legitimately i looked this up one time there's a place in uh siberia like northern siberia it's like the it's the most cold place that humans actually live in and it's gotten as cold as like negative 89 degrees. And it's like in the winter, like a normal January day is like the high is negative 40 and the low is like negative 50. <laughs> it's like the yeah. average day there or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you were saying on your on your walk back from the gym that pretty much every place was closed. Yes. And you were surprised at how many places. Like I mean, it makes was sense. Closed. <laughs> my, my school uh, canceled classes 
uh, Tuesday and Wednesday during the polar vortex because of just how dangerous it was to be outside for any amount of time. Like people weren't able to start up their cars. Yeah. It, it makes me ask the question, why do I voluntarily live in Minnesota? I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it makes me, it makes me think about the idea that people always say summertime is like too hot. I, I, it's a common thing I hear in Chicago and in Florida and places I've lived. And they're like, oh, man, like, I, I would I'd love to have the winter. And I say, I don't think people realize that the winter sometimes is so cold, like, you just die if you spend too much time out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you were talking about that story with that chick who was at a party or something and yeah. got so drunk in Minnesota that she lost all of her limbs because she passed out outside and then was found the next day. She actually died. They yeah. brought her back to life and had to cut off all of her arms. Yeah, like... That's that's what's different. Like, yeah, you can die of a heat stroke for being outside for too long, but there's a ways around. Like, if you've got water, yeah, uh, like you could be okay. Like, legitimately, if you just sit outside in cold weather for extended period of time, like you just die. Like, <laughs> <laughs> your body just like that's it. You're done. <laughs> just no more. You don't even have to be doing anything. You can literally just stand there. That's it. <laughs> so that's. No, that's always my argument. Like, it's just not fun in the wintertime. I mean, it's not normally negative 30 and negative 20, but when it is, it's not good. I mean, and I, I like the snow, but, uh, but yeah, it just gets too cold at, at uh, a certain point. But since we're already kind of taking a break from the vices topic, is there anything that you have kind of going on in your life right now? We typically do these every episode, updates with stuff. I know that you went to San Fran. You want to talk about that at all, your YouTube page, all that good stuff? Yeah, so I was um, – the reason why Brandon had to do that episode without me was because I had a lot of stuff going on, and I had to um, do something out in San Francisco. And, you know, Brandon was a nice guy and filled in and filled in for my, my jokes, and I thought it went pretty well. Um, but it was, it was kind of crazy being out there because, one, I like San Francisco. It's a pretty cool place, especially the Golden Gate Bridge. It actually lives up to the hype. It's super cool. But – the weather was amazing when I was out there. It was like 65 and sunny and coming from negative temperatures in Chicago, it, I mean, it felt just awesome to sit in the, uh, there was one point where I sat on a picnic table in the back of a bar and they had uh, Metallica, like the, um, injustice for all the whole album just playing. And I was like, dude, this is so sick right now. I wish I could just do this every day. And then when I came back, it was negative 10 degrees when I was waiting for my taxi. So it was a 75 degree dip from when I got on the plane to when I landed. So that was, uh, that's probably the reason why I, I probably sound a little bit sick. Cause I think that that temperature drop was just, uh, not okay for my body. My body's like, dude, what's going on here? What's, yeah. uh, what are you trying to do to me? Well, and the combination of you being so stressed with all the stuff you had going on. I feel oh, yeah. anybody who has been in college understands that like, right after you're done with exams all of a sudden tons of people get sick because it's like your body's like all right i'm fucking done fighting for you you've been working too hard give me a goddamn break yeah dude so i've got some more free time now to produce more content which is great i uh for any of you guys who didn't see i did a recent review i don't do a ton of music reviews but i did one of the new bring me the horizon album I'm a really big fan of that band, and I listened to that album a bunch when I was in San Francisco, and it's growing on me more and more. So you can check that out on my YouTube channel if you know that band or you just want to see what they're all about. They're kind of hard to describe their musical style. They were a deathcore band, and now they're like a pop, metal, alternative rock 
I don't really know what I would even call them, like techno also. Really weird. Um, if you like just a very diverse album, it's one of the most diverse albums I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I'm going to be doing a couple of uh, YouTube videos coming up. One I'm looking forward to about Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also worth mentioning, I'm, I got a new phone, so I'm back on doing live streams. And I have officially lived in Chicago now for over three years. Hell Yes. Dude, you trying to go live right now? Dude, I'm trying to go live later, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely trying to go live later. Check me out at Stephen Russell B and at Stephen with the V, none of the PH trash. It's so cool when we do self plugs on our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Is it narcissistic? I don't know. It's our own show. Fuck it. Who cares? Which one of us is more narcissistic? Well, we're finding out by our poll on the EMG Pod Instagram page that I'm more of a hipster than you. <laughs> we asked people who's a bigger hipster, but if you guys have an opinion on that, please let us know at EMG Pod. I'm curious. Who's the bigger hipster and why? What about you, though? What's going on in the uh, Brandon world? Nothing much. Uh, school, work, podcasting, and music, really. I'm, uh, I wrote another song for my next album. I'm, uh, I guess, predicting that I'm about two songs away from having it where I want it. So working on that. Uh, so a lot of that stuff is kind of happening behind the scenes. Um, I've been uh, on a couple interviews recently for my uh, debut album. If you go to allpunkedup.com, they actually shared my music video for Seam. And then uh, I think Breathing the Core uh, is another page that did an interview with me. So if you want to check that out, definitely go see what I had to say. But uh, pretty much just kind of keeping quiet, doing stuff uh, for this next album that I have planned. But that's uh, that's about it. Hell yeah, dude. I'm, uh, I'm getting pumped on this new album. Yeah, you've gotten to hear all the songs, so. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> we've, we've talked about how... It's really cool. This morning I was listening to The Passion of Mine and I got to the song Manifest and I heard Steven's voice. And it's so cool that especially now that we're kind of quote-unquote business partners in this podcast thing, it's also cool to see that even back then we did something artistic together and we were kind of talking about possibly continuing. We, you know, we'd done YouTube videos together and now continuing to do that maybe on my future albums as well just to kind of – keep that bond alive and strong oh yeah dude i really want to do this so let's hope it happens yeah for sure. <laughs> well let's uh let's get into the the last point to kind of wrap up this whole vices conversation we've touched on it a little bit we've touched on how important it is to have a friend like each other in in situations where we might cling to our vices but when you do see a friend or a family member really just somebody that is close to you struggling with a vice to the point where it might be destructive how do you confront it do you do you mention it at all do you let them handle it or do you i mean do you really get on them about it and hold them accountable to it this is so tough because you would think it would be easiest to confront the people that you you care about the most because you've got such a good relationship with them you think you'd be like hey you know you gotta stop drinking so much you gotta stop eating so much but it's actually really, really tough to do that because I, I don't, I don't actually even know the exact reason other than just there's like more at stake in the situation. Yeah. And if they take it the wrong way, 
um, it can be kind of tough. And people, it, it, it's like if you, if I went up to someone on the street who was smoking a cigarette and said, "Hey, quit smoking. It's bad for you." It wouldn't really have much power for that person. They'd just be like, "Yeah, go get lost, kick rocks." Yeah. But if you said that to your friend, like, "Dude, I think you really should quit smoking." Like, I can tell it's impacting you. You don't go to the gym as much as you used to. Like that stuff, it it stings a little bit. Like it, it digs a little bit when people say, like, there was a time for me, um, I want to say sophomore year of college, where someone made a comment. They're like, "It looks like you've gained a little bit of weight." And if anyone knows about me, like, that's gonna bother me a lot because I go to the gym all the time and I'm very much into, like, I definitely care about my appearance and I don't even care about admitting it. Like, it is something that's important to me. So someone made that comment. It was one of my good friends, and I was like, "Oh shit." I wonder if they like. I wonder if they actually mean it. And I was like, they probably do, because like, and yeah, it like that stuck with me. And when I have one of my good friends who says, I don't think you should spend time with that person. Like, it's kind of toxic. And as I've had that happen before, and it definitely it digs a little bit when one of my good friends says it, especially when I can kind of see where they're coming from in the situation. Then I'm like, ooh. But at the same time, it is tough because there's been instances where I've confronted people on things. And they were very resentful, and it, it caused a like a lot of friction in my relationship with that person. And afterwards, I had to really debate, like, should I have done that? So there have been times now, for better or for worse, where I've weighed bringing it up to someone because I'm like, me telling them isn't going to change them because yeah. they've already committed to the fact that they're not going to change. So do I even want to ruin this friendship now over it? And that's gets really dicey and it gets really sad. And I've, I've talked to Brandon about this before that I've had people I care about who have gotten involved with things that have been very destructive and I've wanted to like intervene and say things. And when I've tried doing it, it just, they don't take it seriously or they think that I'm like trying to be controlling or any number of different things. So I have a lot of sympathy towards people who deal with that. And it, it's just, my advice on it is you've got to find the best way to do it because everyone reacts to it differently, whether it's you've got to just tell them straight up or you've got to kind of like find them on a good day and bring it up. Like mm-hmm. there's got to be a tactful way of doing this that uh, isn't going to be a huge problem because you got to, as Brandon as I always say with Brandon, you gotta be very calculated. You gotta be very calculated. <laughs> well, it, it is a difficult thing to navigate because there is that kind of lo- looming fear that if I bring this up, maybe I'll lose them or maybe it'll hurt us. But it's it's kind of an irrational fear because what you're doing is you're in the the confrontation. You're saying I care about you, and hey, I see something in you that doesn't seem right now the other tough thing too is sometimes (laughs) maybe you're in the wrong when you do the confrontation maybe maybe this is kind of i guess if outside of vices you know confronting people just in general sometimes it can be kind of a tricky thing to navigate because maybe their opinion on how they should live their life is just different than yours but if we specifically hone in on confronting someone during the vices during a struggle with vices i think you kind of have a responsibility as a person that loves them and cares for them to say hey this is not only hurting you but now maybe it's affecting us and what's going on 
and like you talked about earlier, I keep bringing it up, but a lot of times we have a really hard time with accepting the fact that maybe we're fucking up and we're, we've got these flaws that we're you're dealing with. So the, the reception to it might not be positive, but I think you still have that responsibility to, no matter how hard it might be to say, you know, Hey, Steven, you, you know, this, you told me you wanted to do this and this and this, and now instead you're doing this and this and this, you know, this isn't lining up with what you want. Are you now just justifying it? You know, that's my responsibility as your friend. And so it's as hard as it's going to be. But I do think that you're, you're right. The calculated aspect of it is how are you trying to get it across? I think it's super important to say, I am coming from a place of loving you and caring about you. This isn't some selfish, why aren't you doing more stuff for me? Or why aren't you doing this for me? It's I'm really worried about your well-being because um, that's what frustrates me is a lot of times they're like, well, yeah, th- this person confronted this person on this. Yeah, but they confronted them because they wanted something for themselves. Did they actually do it because – you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm Yeah, dude, there's lots of bad ways to do it. Like, for example, it, <laughs> you could just say to someone, dude, quit eating fast food. Like, it's just – it's pissing me off. Like, that, <laughs> that wouldn't be very – that wouldn't it's be very valuable. It's pissing me off. Like, you always complain, like, oh, I'm overweight. Like, well, then quit eating McDonald's. Like, that's probably not the best way to confront someone on it. I mean, maybe it might work for someone, but there's yeah. really bad ways. Or, for there are people who are just negative. They're just like, well, like, quit smoking. Like, you're – why Why do you smoke cigarettes nowadays? Like, no one does – like – you could definitely do things in a way where you just aren't of any help. You're just being yeah. annoying or you're being frustrating, which is, I think, why a lot of people don't like conf- – people hate confrontation in general. Let's get that straight. There are exceptions to this, but I feel like the vast majority of people will just avoid conflict if they can. And especially when it's this type of conflict where it's uh, relationships towards each other, like the status quo is in, is in definite jeopardy, like – it's tough. So I, I, I have full sympathy for someone who deals with this and has a really tough time. Well, it's it's interesting too because it's not just about maybe coming off too strong, but it's also when you confront them, you can't come off too light. Because yes. I've had situations I, – I don't know if I've ever brought this up, but when I first was pursuing music, I had a really close friend of mine. He was going to be my drummer. And I had given up video games when we were going to do this thing. He brought all of his gaming systems down and he lived with me and we lived in the same bedroom. And so now we had all these gaming systems and I love video games, but I know that they're so, I'm so addicted to them and I know that they're not productive for me. So it was like, dude, we got to stop doing this. There were like several talks that we had. And then eventually I was just like, hey, this isn't working. You're not as committed as I would like you to be. I think we should be done. And then we had a talk afterwards where he was like, oh, I just thought that those were normal talks. I didn't realize that it was like a real problem for you. And I was like, well, what was I supposed to say? Was I supposed to threaten you with breaking up the band? You know, so it's, it is a difficult thing to navigate, not only because you don't want to come across as like an ignorant asshole, like, Hey, you're pissing me off for eating all this fast food. (laughs) But you also don't want to be like, Hey man, you know, I really, you know, this stuff, you know, are you sure, are you sure you should be doing it? Because that's easy to kind of walk over. And I've, I've run into that issue a lot of times because I've tried to be, you know, in, in certain situations, I've tried to be empathetic and sympathetic and be like, 
you know, you got to just work on this. And, and then you are just, they're just like, oh, this was act, like a serious issue for you. And it's like, yeah, I talked to you about it. What do you mean? This wasn't a serious issue for me. Of course it was. I wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't think that something needed to be different. But I don't know. There, there are a lot of things in life that you just don't have the complete answers to. But I think a lot of it is knowing the person you're interacting with and how would they respond in a certain uh, confrontation to, to these issues that might be destructive for them. So my question on that is, how are you staying cool in this warm weather? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I take a dip in the pool once or twice a week, and uh, <laughs> I have my apartment complex come and take off the, uh, the cover over the air conditioning unit that they put. <laughs> you should tell people about <laughs> Oh, my God. Guys, you have no idea how cold it's been in my apartment recently. Now, I finally got this fixed for the most part. It's still, like, a little bit cold in here, but given where I came from, I'm, okay, I'm, not, I'm actually not kidding here, so I'm going to teach you guys something that you probably didn't know until you listen to this podcast. You learn something new every day. So my apartment last winter was super cold, and I, had, I got a space heater in there, and it was still cold. But what happened was um, I then got a like this winter I was worried about it again like what am I gonna do with this weather it's really cold so then I ended up uh just doing nothing again not getting a space heater I'm like I can get through this winter whatever it's fine but what happened was is there it got really cold like really really cold here like negative 20 degrees and it got so cold in my apartment that my bathroom and my bedroom were like unlivable so i had to just start sleeping in my living room but it got so cold in both of my bathroom and my bedroom that it legitimately got down to such a cold temperature that i went in the bathroom one one day and i opened it up and i could see my breath and then i went into the bedroom and i could see my breath too and i was like oh my god how cold is it in these rooms because this was after i had already complained and got a space heater in there and they also had tried to cover up my air conditioning unit to try to make it warmer in my apartment. And I was like, what the heck? Is this really helping? Anyways, yeah, it got so cold that I could see my breath in both of those rooms. So I looked it up online to see what is the temperature that it has to be in which you can start seeing your breath. And it's 45 degrees Fahrenheit is the when it starts. So that means that it was, it was at no warmer than 45 degrees in either of those rooms. Like, it was so cold, I, like, couldn't shower. And when I did shower, I basically had to, like, warm up the room for a while. And, yeah, it was it was terrible. <laughs> like, I had, to, I had to sit in there and, like, basically steam up the room with hot water, which I couldn't even do eventually because the pipes did freeze and I couldn't use the bathroom shower anymore. It was just a whole shit show. And then, luckily, I just eventually... Um, got a uh, someone to come in here, and they finally warmed up my place enough that I could sleep in it. And as of right now, it's just warm enough. Now, we'll see. If it gets back to, like, negative 20 degrees outside, it may not be good, but I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it was no good. Um, any Any actual final thoughts, though, before we sign out here? <laughs> no. 
I think we uh, hit on everything I wanted to talk about. Cool. Yeah. I mean, basically, my final thought is I think we all have vices. I think that we all handle it in different ways. And when it comes to confronting people on your vices or on their vices, it's it's not it's like a really difficult thing to do and um the best thing you can do in this world is make sure that your escapes in life are as healthy as they possibly can be and preferably just something that you can do by yourself and it doesn't involve dragging other people into because it's never good to be dependent on other people well said but um (laughs) but if you did enjoy this episode we wanted to say thank you we apologize for the technical difficulties we had trying to get this episode out the first time so there's been a delay but hopefully we can make it up to you guys with some good content coming up here if you do like the show you can find us on all your podcast apps um our podcast name everything must go podcast type in all those words into any of your podcasts and uh subscribe we release at least one new episode every week you can also find us on instagram and twitter at emg pod we are pretty active on there. We'll kind of give you the, the updates, and sometimes we go live. So come come in, say hi. We'll say what's up. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail. Our phone number is 513-427-EMG5. We can play that voicemail on the show. And we've also got an email, emgpod at gmail.com, if you want to send something a little bit longer and you don't feel like DMing us, or maybe you're just not into social media in general. That's all good. Brandon didn't used to be in social media, but... As I like to say, these are just different times. These are just different times, man. <laughs> thank you. Uh, wait, thank you for listening to this episode. And uh, we still never came up with what we're doing for the next episode. I just realized it, we we talked about doing something on sports, so we'll we'll iron it out. But expect a sports esque topic next. Time. Expect some sports related stuff. We haven't done it yet. We kind of did one trending one that had some sports, but this will be our first like real sports episode. Looking forward to it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.